This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Tech Guide, episode 442. Hello and welcome to the show. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer tech news and reviews. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Oppo has unveiled its new Find X3 smartphone series. Peloton has launched its interactive platform in Australia, and Adobe has released its substantially faster native version of Photoshop for the M1 Max. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the HyperX SoloCast microphone for podcasting and streaming. Sonos has released its first portable speaker, and the new Wilson parking app that works even better with CarPlay. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, Oppo has been hard at work creating its Find X3 smartphone range. Now, this is a big deal. Oppo is one of those brands that plays in all parts of the market, the flagship, mid-range, entry-level, and not far behind the likes of Apple and Samsung and Huawei. So we're, we're talking about a company here that's made some pretty serious, had some serious growth in the last few years and won a lot of fans to their smartphone and to their platform as well. And their Find X series has been one of those flagship products and they've just unveiled the Oppo Find X3 Pro. Uh, all of these phones in this new smartphone series, by the way, are all 5G, the entire range. There's no 4G variant. It's 5G all the way. So, the series is led by the flagship, which is the Oppo Find X3 Pro 5G. And the rest of the family is made up of the Find X3 Neo 5G and the Find X3 Lite 5G. Now, in terms of pricing, we're talking a range from $1,699 for the X3 Pro 5G. Then Coming on down through the range is the Neo 5G, which is 1199 bucks, And the Find X3 Lite 5G is $749. So they have their good, better, best, as you'd expect, with these range of products. And uh, we, we'll take a look through them now. But suffice it to say, these are pretty impressive in terms of not just having another camera system and another screen and another uh, other these other features they've actually they've made a bit of a leap here with the their new display and their high quality quad camera system so they have really put an emphasis on the device's display which can actually capture and display a billion colors so that gives you true to life color accuracy the camera also can capture images and display them with up to a billion colors as well. And how they do that, they actually have included a, there are, there are two primary 50 megapixel cameras, a wide angle and ultra wide, uses the Sony IMX766 imaging sensor. So this is a pro level sensor we're talking about here. But the secret source is the 10 bit image and video processing. 
normal smartphones use 8-bit, and that results in 16 plus 16 million plus colors that, that can be displayed, which is, which is a lot. But taking it that extra step, 10-bit imaging and video processing, processing, this is something usually only found on a DSLR camera. So you're getting pro-grade camera abilities right in your, in your hand here from a phone. So you get high-quality video with wider dynamic range, greater depth of color, and 4K imaging is also possible with your full control, as you would with a regular DSLR, full control over ISO, white balance, shutter speed, and focus. So Oppo rightly assumed that customers who are going to be looking at this phone will be interested in their photography and capturing their images in the highest possible quality. Now, the Find X3 uses this 10-bit colour management system to then capture, store, and display photos and those videos with up to 1 billion colours. And, of course, the screen can handle that. The screen has up to 1 billion colours in its video processing. Now, design-wise... This is a, a pretty a pretty smart looking device, pretty sleek. Now the back has a square camera system, not unlike the iPhone 12. The difference though is that there isn't just a lump that pops out of the back of the phone. This has been sculpted, so it's it's like there was some some uh, some pl- vacuum forming going on. So that the the back of the phone is flat, and then it it curves up from all sides to form this little bump on the back of the phone. Uh, it it is a little different. It's not just I think if they had it just stuck with the the, the normal camera system sticking out of the back of the camera. Uh, just on its own, it would have looked exactly like the iPhone 12. So I think this is the reason why they've gone this way. It, it does give it a nice a nice flair. I, I really like it. Uh, the The device has a 6.5 inch screen, and we're talking here quad HD, quad HD. Sorry, 6.7 inch AMOLED display, and has the the quad camera system. I already mentioned two 50 megapixel cameras. There's uh, the 10 bit video press, video and image processing, and the so when when you so you got all the tools here for some amazing color accuracy. So re- really, the screen itself not only looks great but also acts great as well because it's got 120 hertz refresh rate, quad HD resolution. So what you're seeing is a really smooth smooth performance when viewing video when you're scrolling so i think oppo has held nothing back here and uh, it has been also built with durability in mind it's got an ip68 dust and water resistance rating it's also powered by the qualcomm 855 5g platform on the battery side 4500 milliamp hour and the world's fastest flash charging the 65 watt supervook 2.0 flash charge can get you up and running i think from zero to fully charged in less than 80 minutes which is pretty spectacular now looking down through the range the next one down is the find x3 neo 5g and this is uh so 5g all across the board still has the, the qualcomm snapdragon 5g mobile platform still has the quad camera system with the same sony imaging sensor in the X3 Pro, it doesn't have the 10-bit processing, but it does have uh, it does have 
same number of cameras. Six six point five inch, six point five five inch, ninety hertz AMOLED display, HDR ten compatibility, sixty five watt Super VOOC charging as well. So not much of a step down from the flagship. Now the Find X three Lite, this is the most affordable in the range, has a six point four inch OLED screen, and really similar sleek and thin design also has a quad camera with artificial intelligence uh, to to create better images. So I think really, I think this is a shot across the bow for Samsung and Apple that here is another device. Samsung's already released their S21 series, which is doing very well, but Apple are not going to have another product in market until September, October. So here's this space for another brand like Oppo to release their range of products. And they normally do this around March. Uh, I remember the Find X2 was about a year ago, just before COVID, just before the COVID uh, lockdowns and, and all the restrictions. That was one of the last events I ever attended in, here in Australia was the launch of the Find X2. Find X3, of course, was done virtually, but we still have the same result, though, seeing these amazing new products that are going to be in market on April the 1st. Is that irony? April Fool's Day, we're going to see the new Oppo range of phones. And I, for one, are really looking forward to seeing them, getting my hands on, especially the the X3 Pro 5G, which looks the goods, uh, but also can, can, act, can, act, the, 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 uh, can act as well to create some great content. So brains and, and design is what we're going to see there. So very capable, doesn't just look good, but also acts good as well. So it can create some great content for you. If you want to take a look at the range, it is quite uh, it is quite interesting. Some nice colours as well available for for the Find X series of smartphones as well. If you want to check out the new the, all those different designs, each of the phones in the range has a different design, so uh, well worth you checking out. If you want to see it, you can find it at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, according to the dictionary, a peloton, which is a, a French word, French originally French uh, derived from the French word, the original meaning platoon. So, a peloton is a main group or pack of riders, riders uh, that that ride together, ride close by to save energy for drafting, slipstreaming. But peloton also happens to be the name of a very, very popular fitness brand that's uh, been doing been doing great guns in the US. And it has finally arrived here in Australia. Peloton is an interactive fitness platform, so offers studio-style workouts in the comfort of your own home. Now, the difference here is that the service is provided, but also the hardware, the equipment is also provided through Peloton as well. So you've got your your workouts working hand in hand with their equipment. And the equipment includes the Peloton bike and the Peloton treadmill. And each of these has their own screen. So you can see the instructor, hear the instructor, hear, hear what you have to do, follow the class and uh, you're getting your workout. It was founded in New York, and, and there are more than 4.4 million members worldwide. So this is a very, very popular platform. But it is, it's full portfolio. There are two bike options and two tread options, treadmill options. But for its Australian debut, which we'll, we'll see in the second half of 2021, Peloton will be releasing the original Peloton bike and the Peloton Bike Plus, which offers cardio and strength training 
in conjunction with the Peloton app. So it's it's not just about the equipment, it's app working with hardware. So you're getting a great experience. The, the Peloton app provides content across more than 10 fitness disciplines. And we're talking indoor cycling, running, indoor and outdoor, cardio, strength, yoga, and more. So it's a great, great platform to get started. And Australian customers will have access to thousands of workouts, real-time motivation, playlists as well, included even from artists like the Beatles and Beyonce. So you can rock on while you're doing your training as well. Now, what Peloton are going to do, they're actually going to open some interactive showrooms in Sydney and Melbourne. My info is that in Sydney, the Peloton store will be in Martin Place, where the Tesla store used to be. I think Tesla is relocating out of Martin Place, and Peloton are going to take that space it'll be an interactive showroom so you can try the bike and the, and the treadmill before you purchase so that's a really interesting thing a, a smart move to get a retail location rather than just having word of mouth and 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 trying to trying to market through through that mechanism yeah, i think it's a great idea that the retail locations give the customers the opportunity to, to literally get their hands on the products and try them out in in a, a live studio experience uh, you'll also be able to not only purchase the product from the store but if you want to purchase the bike you can also do that online of course uh, so we expect to see this in the second half of the year and uh, we should mention though the pricing pricing for the bike and the peloton bike plus has been announced the peloton bike which is the basic version, is $2,895. And the Peloton Bike Plus is $3,695. So you're getting, this is cutting edge equipment, okay? So you're not getting this a cheap, a cheap bike, a stationary bike. This is a bike with a screen and it's got all, it's expertly built and designed for these workouts and designed to be easily moved around the house to positioned and put away when you're finished. So you you are getting you are getting a quality piece of equipment there. Uh, but the the access all access membership to access the content using the bike and the bike plus that is an additional fifty nine dollars a month. So it's it's there's a cost there for the hardware, but also a cost a monthly cost for the membership as well. And look, that cost of membership fifty nine bucks a month is actually when you compare it to say F forty five and some other gyms, they charge that per week. $59. So here's Peloton charging it per month and you have the the ability to follow on either on your bike or you can just put out a mat that you do a yoga workout. So there's all these other workouts. The other thing it's competing against is Apple Fitness Plus. Uh, that, that recently launched here in Australia and around the world, and this gives customers with an Apple Watch the ability to follow on. It's, it's like turning up at, at a gym at an F45 or one of those gyms that puts you through a program, and you are able to follow on through your screen, through your iPad, through your phone. Your Apple Watch syncs to the screen. You'll be able to see your heart rate on the top top of the screen. And it, I think it's $14.99 a month which is pretty cheap. So uh, there are, there's competition on every side here. Peloton, 59 a month, and that's not including the equipment, but that's it's specialised. So you are getting a tailored workout 
depending on the type of equipment you have. And later on, no doubt, they're going to release the treadmills as well. So not only are you going to be on a bike, you're also going to be running and doing all kinds of things. Uh, look, huge, huge response from users around the world, 4.4 million members already. So they're doing something right. The experience must be something that customers enjoy. Otherwise, they wouldn't keep coming back. The Peloton experience, the interactive training platform, the interactive fitness platform, I should call it, is coming to Australia, second half of the year. If you want to take a look at the the treadmills and the bike, uh, sorry, the bike, I don't have a picture of the treadmill on the story, I don't think. No, I don't, because that's not coming to Australia until later. But you can see the bike, you can see the screen, you can see what's involved. If you want to check it out, you know where to head, techguide.com.au. Now, cast your mind back a few months ago, your minds back a few months ago, and we were talking about Apple's M1 Max. Do you remember that? We were There was the MacBook Pro, 13-inch, MacBook Air, also with a 13-inch screen, and the Mac Mini. Now, the big deal here was that these were running Apple's very own silicon, the M1 processor. Now, I have reviewed the M1 uh, MacBook Pro 13 inch and the MacBook Air and I have to say and I said this at the time I have not seen a bigger improvement from one generation of product to the next and I'm talking performance I'm talking battery life I'm talking an all-round improvement like no other so it's really exciting when Adobe has released its first version of Photoshop that runs natively on these latest MacBooks powered by Apple's latest M1 processor. And word is they deliver significant improvements. And the the quote is uh, they were, in quotes, substantially faster. So the latest version of Adobe Photoshop takes advantage of these performance improvements that are built into the brand new M1 architecture. And Adobe has been doing their own internal testing, covered a range of activities which include opening and saving files, running filters and compute heavy operations like content aware fill. Anyone who's used Adobe Photoshop knows what I'm talking about. And these are tasks that can take minutes. With M1, it's going to take seconds. Select subject, another thing that's improved. So we're seeing the, this is the first of many, of course, products optimized, applications optimized for the new M1 architecture. Up until now, uh, we did have to use the Rosetta application. So if you've got an M1 Mac right now, and before this optimized version, you were using the regular Intel-based version for the Intel Macs, and Rosetta would would be like an interpreter and run it on the M1 still, still pretty quickly, but not as well as it could do it as if it was built natively for this platform. That's what this is, native M1 processing. Uh, so we did hear from Pam Clark, who's the Adobe Vice President in charge of Photoshop product management. And she was saying that the great performance improvements are just the beginning. They're going to further optimize performance over time. So what they did, there are more features of Adobe Photoshop that are going to be optimized for the M1, but the performance improvements were so good, the company didn't want to delay the release. So they, they set, left released a version that had most of the improvements, some to come, rather than it being delayed. They wanted the customers to get out and th- those main features that have been improved, they can enjoy that now. There are other features that are also going to be improved and then an update, of course. 
playoffs will come out will come out as well. One thing she said though, and this this caught my eye. You, you know, when when you're starting, anyone who started an Adobe program, if you're in, if you've got Creative Cloud, and you click on, like I'm recording this right now on Adobe Audition. Uh, anyone who does photo editing will use Adobe Photoshop, and what comes up is the splash screen. The splash screen is that little label that says Adobe Photoshop, and then you see all these things running uh, running along the bottom like it's going through this process to open the application. What, what? This is what stuck in my mind, what Pam Clark said from Adobe. She said, this is her quote, don't blink, you might miss the splash screen launching. Can you imagine that? It just launches. This splash screen is there for a split second. That in itself is impressive, how quickly it can launch the application. Imagine how much faster it's going to make your workflow if you're an Adobe Photoshop user. And, of course, it's going to roll out to their other applications, Adobe Premiere, Audition. All of their other programs are going to be M1 native sooner, hopefully, rather than later. But if you want to read more about the Adobe M1 Photoshop version, uh, there's a couple of images there as well, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. There's been a rapid increase in cybercrime with constant data breaches, online scams and ransomware, just to name a few. Norton's all-in-one cyber safety solution, Norton 360 Premium, now comes with dark web monitoring powered by LifeLock, which helps notify you if your personal information is discovered on the dark web. It also includes device security and secure VPN with bank-grade encryption to help keep you private, online, plus a password manager, PC safe cam and more. With Norton's award-winning security and globally trusted protection across 50 million customers, rest assured Norton 360 Premium with dark web monitoring is the all-in-one protection for your devices and data. Norton 360 Premium is available now at leading retailers. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. We're kicking off the reviews this week with a product from HyperX. Now, HyperX is a brand that makes a lot of gaming products, headphones and things. Uh, they've also now just released a – or they've also released a, a microphone in the past that I've spoken about. But here's another newer, more affordable microphone. It's a USB microphone. It's the HyperX Solocast USB microphone. Now, this offers USB connectivity, so it can be plugged directly into your Mac or your PC. Now, I know there's a lot of people who they want to create a podcast or they want to get into live streaming. And for them, obviously, the microphone's a central part of, of the gear that you need. And a lot of people go down the path of connecting to a mixer. So if you're new to podcasting, new to streaming, you're thinking, okay, I've got this big microphone, I need to connect to a mixer, I've got to connect the mixer to my computer. It adds another layer of complication. What the, solo, what the HyperX SoloCast does is take that complication away. There's one USB-C cable that connect directly, connects directly to your Mac, PC, even connects to the PlayStation 4 if you want to do streaming there. And also use some of the popular apps like Skype and Zoom if you want to use it as your audio for your meetings. But also major streaming platforms like Streamlabs OBS, OBS Studio and XSplit. 
So you, you've got this, this microphone that's pretty small. It, it is quite small, rests in this little adjustable stand, can sit on your desktop. It does also, though, have a, a threaded uh, threads on the bottom, so it can be attached to most boom and mic arms. So 3-8 of an inch, 5-8 of an inch threaded setups. So either way, you can set it up. It has the cardoid polar pattern. So what that means, it prioritizes sound that's directly in front of the microphone. So it, it's got a nice, it's got a nice pickup. So if you're in front of the microphone, you don't have to put your mouth right up to it. It'll pick up your voice, and the audio is surprisingly high. I can tell you because I used this microphone for my 2GB segment. I was up on the Gold Coast on the over the weekend, and I did my Sunday 2GB segment with Chris Smith by my regular Sunday segment, and we did it rather than them calling me over the phone. They decide to do Skype. Skype provides better audio quality, and I've got a, had a really solid internet connection there. I actually did it over 5G, would you believe? So we had a 5G dongle. We had a Telstra 5G dongle. And I connected through – I had my MacBook Pro, had the, the HyperX Solocast microphone connected via a USB-C cable, so C USB-C to USB-C. And I selected that as my microphone. I had my AirPods to be my headphones so I could hear what they're saying. And the microphone then carried my voice through Skype and through the studio. And according to the feedback I got from the studio, and even some of the listeners commented, because I did share a tweet uh, with the microphone set up in front of Skype. You can see a picture of Chris Smith uh, waiting to, for our chat. And I did hear some feedback some some on Twitter. I did get a lot of feedback saying, sounds good. Is this a good microphone for podcasting? And the answer is absolutely. It is a, it is a great little microphone microphone that and surprisingly high quality now it's built so that it's got uh an in, inter, internal windsock so you the microphone i'm talking into now has a little foam cap on top of it so that the plosives when i say my p's it doesn't uh it doesn't sound too bad this has an internal uh internal barrier there so you do sound pretty good you don't need any additional products any additional foam any any other windsock or whatever you need there you, you don't need it. It's simply plug and play right out of the box. Now, on the very top of the microphone is a mute button. So you can tap that and you'll see the red LED light go out. That means the microphone is off. Then once you tap it again, when the red light comes back on, you know you're on air. Like we're on the radio. Whenever we're on the radio, there's a big red light that's on the top of the camera. That's a live, live microphone and you're on air. Same thing with the HyperX Solocast. You see this little red LED light, and you're good to go. You can uh, be, you can do your podcast, you can do your streaming, and uh, look, all the features you need. Very simple, but delivers decent quality. Now, I think probably its best feature is the price. It's only a hundred and nine bucks. The HyperX Solocast microphone, hundred nine dollars, available now from JB Hi-Fi. So if you're into, if you're thinking about creating a podcast, you could simply connect this microphone to your to your computer, PC or Mac, download a free piece of software called Audacity, press record on Audacity, make sure that the HyperX Solocast is your microphone selected input for your microphone, and you could be talking through this microphone and recording. That's how quickly you could do it. That, that's there is how you do it, how you record a podcast. That's how quickly, and you'll be very supl- surprised with the quality. I personally, I tested it through, uh, I did it through Audacity. I also connected it to Adobe Audition, which I'm using right now, and the, the results were the same. Fantastic results. 
fantastic sound for a microphone that costs just a bump over a hundred bucks. HyperX, they've done it again. They're bringing these products to the people. They're making them accessible and, and still allowing them to uh, to achieve great quality with their content. HyperX Solo Cast Microphone, hundred nine bucks. Check out our story, our review at TechGuide.com.au. Now, we've all heard of Sonos, of course. They're a very popular audio brand. They've got a range of wireless speakers, multi-room speakers that have been around for a while. We've been talking about Sonos for some years now. And they've created a reputation for being not only a high-quality brand, but also a brand that allows you to stream your music through multiple rooms and control them through an app. Uh, Really, really high-quality stuff. But one little piece was missing from their portfolio, and that was a portable speaker. But guess what? Sonos has actually corrected that and released their brand new speaker, appropriately called Roam. That's R-O-A-M. This is their first go-anywhere speaker that can connect to your smartphone via Bluetooth when you're out, but when you're home, connects to your Wi-Fi network like all the other Sonos speakers that you may have in your home. The Sonos Roam is small. It's only just a shade under 17 centimetres tall, weighs less than half a kilo, it's 0.43 kilograms, has an IP67 rating as well, so it's sealed from dust and is fully waterproof. So it's one of those speakers where when it's at home, it's part of your multi-room system, but when you want to head out, pick it up, off you go. And it is, it'll connect then via Bluetooth to your phone. And of course, you'll being such a durable product, you can take it down the beach, on your camping trip, wherever you want to go. You can position it horizontally or vertically. Has automatic true play tuning technology. So it uses spatial awareness to adjust the sound based on the speaker's orientation and also on the content that it's playing on Bluetooth and Wi-Fi. So it's always listening to what's playing. It also keeping an eye on where it, how it's being positioned, whether it's vertical or horizontal, but also it's paying attention to what the content that's coming out of it as well. Under the grill are two Class H amplifiers that have been tuned to the drivers and the speaker's acoustic architecture. The Sonos Roam has a custom racetrack mid-woofer to handle those mid-range frequencies, and also uh, you can maximise that low-end output. There's also another tweeter that looks after the high frequencies. And when you get home, what Roam does will reconnect to your home's Wi-Fi network. So... From the software side, the Sonos S2 app can be synced with uh, the. You can sync the Roam Sonos Roam to the other speakers, and incorporate it into an existing multi-room system. And here's a cool feature too: is there's a feature, new feature called Sound Swap. So say you come home, you can move the sound to and from nearby Sonos speakers just by pressing and holding the Roam's play pause button. So say you come in and you were playing a cool song. You can position it, press the play, pause button, hold it down, and it'll send what you were playing. It'll start playing it on a nearby speaker. So say you might have a, a better multi-room speaker in the next room. You, it'll, it'll take that sound and play it on the other speaker. 
And, and the good thing too is that Sonos Rome supports more than 100 streaming services uh, along with Sonos Radio. So preloaded with thousands of live broadcast radio stations and of course all your streaming. So you can, all the popular streaming services, Spotify, Apple Music, you name it, you can play it through your Sonos app as well. Now, Sonos Rome is, is, has a rechargeable battery on board, runs for 10 hours, up to 10 hours on a single charge. And But when you're not using it, here's a cool feature. It goes into this deep sleep mode. So say you, like with a lot of Bluetooth speakers, if you stop using it and leave it for a week, the battery slowly runs down and then you, you pick it up again and you think, oh, I've got to charge it again. With Rome, that's not what happens. It goes into this sleep mode, so it'll save the power that's there for up to 10 days. So that's pretty good. So you pick it up, if, if you put it down, it's 80% charge. You pick it up again in 10 days, it's still 80% charge. That's a really handy feature there. Uh, and when it's time to charge again, it is compatible with Qi wireless charging mat. So Qi, uh, that's spelled X-I. You pop it on a wireless charging mat, it'll charge, or you can purchase a custom-designed Sonos magnetic wireless charger. So it just pops into place, locks it into place, and you're able to charge away there. It is a really nice little speaker. I'm looking forward to getting my hands on it. It's not going to be out until April 20, so we've got a little while to wait. It's going to be priced at $279, available in two colours, Luna White, Shadow Black. April 20 is the is the date. Uh, $279 is the price. And I'd say, I think Sonos customers, and that's the thing about Sonos customers, they're very loyal. Once they build up this system, they've got this amazing loyalty to the brand. And this is the product they've been waiting for, the Sonos Roam. Uh, 279 bucks. If you want to check it out, t- take a look at it, take a look at all those features, you'll find it at techguide.com.au. Now, I don't know about you driving around trying to find parking. It can be a very frustrating uh, little exercise. But I've got some news, though, about the Wilson Parking app. And it has been updated to work even better with CarPlay. And by even better, I mean it lets you discover, book, and pay for your parking through Apple CarPlay. So imagine this scenario. You can, you're looking to park. You can, through CarPlay, through the Wilson, it's only iOS at the moment uh, for the CarPlay functionality. You fire it up on CarPlay. You can view the nearest car parks on the in-car display, including the name of the car park and its location and the parking rates. And once you choose the one, the car park for you, it'll seamlessly link you to Apple Maps and provide navigation to that chosen car park. So really handy how it takes all that fuss away. So you can discover, book and pay for your bay before you get there. Now, this was developed uh, in conjunction with a couple of Perth-based app developers, Adapter and Kombu. Uh, They worked on the Wilson CarPlay app uh, and how it can fully integrate now to now be able to process a payment before you could just, you could find, you can look for and find. I think you'd have to pay when you get there. But uh, with with this new feature, it really does make it easier to use. And the good thing too is that it will show you up to 12 of the nearest car parks and the best rates and once you you book your bay apple maps then takes over to direct you give you turn by turn directions to find the car park now some of the car parks will because you your number plate is entered it'll recognize the number plate 
It'll also recognise the credit card you've paid with as well. So you might need to pop the credit card that you used to pay. So it recognises that, okay, you've just paid for parking with this card through the app. I'm opening up the gate. So it is making the the those barriers, that it's just a more frictionless experience if you are looking to do to find your parking. And the good thing too is that it remembers where you park. So it, it reminds you, here are, here are the where you parked earlier. So it, it will give you, based on your user behavior within the app, it'll optimize the experience. So uh, it also allows you to provide a way to book personal or business parking. So you, one's claimed, one's for personal use. Uh, so I think they've, they've, they've got the driver in mind here, especially that customer who needs to find parking quickly and easily and can pay for it right there on, the, on their Apple CarPlay screen. Pretty good. The Wilson Parking iOS app at the moment with the latest CarPlay integration. What users have to do is update to the latest version of the Wilson Parking app. And you also have to ensure that you're running iOS 14 on your iPhone. Uh, so, And then you can then use the parking booking feature to link your credit card to the account. So end-to-end solution there, less frustration behind the wheel, easy for you to find a nice, uh, nice parking for your car all through CarPlay with the new updated Wilson app. If you want to check that story out, you know where to find it. It's at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Is your Wi-Fi struggling to keep up with your streaming, work, gaming, video calling and more? And what happens if you're doing all of that at once? When you're connected to your world by Wi-Fi, be sure it's the best. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with Orbi Wi-Fi 6 from Netgear. Orbi Wi-Fi 6 is the best and latest in Wi-Fi. It covers your entire home with the fastest Wi-Fi for uninterrupted streaming, video calling and working and learning from home on more devices than ever before in any part of the house. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Are you ready for the best Wi-Fi ever? Find out more at netgear.com.au slash best Wi-Fi. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk brought to you by our good friends at Belkin. They've just released uh, some smart USB cables for your iPhone, so it can tell you at a glance when the iPhone is fully charged. It's got a special little chip inside that talks to the iPhone battery and gives you the green light when uh, you can see just at a glance that the iPhone's fully charged. Check it out, belkin.com forward slash AU. Now, we've got a special Tech Guide Help Desk for you today because today, this is Monday, this is World Consumer Rights Day. So I thought I'd take this opportunity in the help desk to help you because I think a lot of customers may not be aware of their rights if something goes wrong with their product. They, they might not know what to do. So Choice has actually come to the party here. Their consumer rights experts have put together some really good tips on what you do, where you stand if things go wrong. Number one, if a product fails, you're entitled to either a repair, replacement, or refund. This is pretty common knowledge under the Australian consumer law. It has to perform as described. If not, if it's faulty, you're entitled to have it repaired, replaced, or have a refund. Don't forget that. No matter what size device you buy, whatever product you buy, if it's not performing how it's supposed to, you can get a repair, replacement, or a refund. Now, here's another thing to keep in mind. 
two or more minor faults can equal a major failure. In other words, if a little thing goes wrong there and a little thing goes wrong there, that can add up to a major failure. And that, again, entitles you to ask for a repair, refund, or replacement. They can't refuse you. If there's something wrong, you have the right. Don't let a retailer tell you, no, you can't, we don't offer refunds. That's also illegal as well, by the way. The no refund signs are not enforceable. A business can't opt out of consumer law. Signs that say no refund or no refund on sales items are actually illegal. Here's another one. Most extended warranties are useless. Remember this. First thing some companies do, some retailers, if you buy, especially if you buy a high-end product like maybe a TV, expensive TV, they're going to offer you an extended warranty and probably charge you. They're going to say, look, we'll give you an extra three years warranty for 500 bucks. And you know what? A lot of people take it. But guess what? That's money for nothing. You're giving them money. It's like they're picking up money off the floor. You do not need to do that. So businesses will try to get you to buy the extended warranties, but you're already covered with Australian consumer law. I'll give you some advice. If a retailer tries to sell you the extended warranty, ask them to explain what the warranty offers above and beyond your rights under Australian consumer law. I think you're going to hear a bit of silence after that because they offer nothing. Extended warranties, totally useless and a complete waste of time. Here's another thing, though, we should talk about. Don't take no for an answer. If you think the retailer isn't treating you fairly, contact your state or territory's fair trading agency. So you can report issues to the ACCC. They have the power then to take action against businesses that are breaching consumer law. So know what you're entitled to and don't let the retailer take to say no to you. You have rights and the ACCC will back you if you make a complaint and, and they'll, they'll, they will act on your behalf against this company. Now, Here's another thing that people may not be aware of. You're entitled to recover postage or transport costs for returns. So if you return an item, say it's a small item via the post, keep your receipts because you may be entitled to be reimbursed for the costs. And get this, if the product's larger, let's say we're talking about a TV. If the product's larger, it is the seller's responsibility to organise and pay for the shipping. So don't forget that. But we're going to finish off with this one. There are some times where the Australian consumer law doesn't protect you. And by that I mean the ACL, Australian consumer law, doesn't cover if you change your mind. So if you've changed your mind about an item, change of heart, or you found the item cheaper elsewhere, or you simply just don't like it or have no use for it, unfortunately, you are not able to get a refund in this instance. So there's no recourse for you there. So businesses are only obligated to refund or replace the item if it's faulty. So you can't say, you know what, I changed my mind, I don't want it anymore. The business can turn around and say, sorry, you paid for it, it's working, your, your problem, not ours. Now, you might be lucky though. Some retailers may issue refunds as a sign of goodwill, 
my experience is that 99% of them will not. If you don't like the colour, if you see it cheaper elsewhere, you're stuck with it. So think hard before you make the purchase. Sure, if something goes wrong with it, you're fully protected. But if you simply change your mind, that is a completely different story. that's the end of our show for this week everything we've spoken about on the show you can find at our website techguide.com.au and if you want to get in touch feel free to email us info at techguide.com.au you can also hit the ask Stephen icon on the homepage that'll open up an email to me and I'll get back to you as soon as I can or read it out right here on the Tech Guide help desk we want to give a special thanks to to our sponsors Netgear the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs and also Norton the company that can keep you and your family and your devices safe online support the companies that support the Tech Guide podcast thanks again for listening we look forward to you joining us again next week so until Until then, stay safe and stay connected.